The TARDIS cloister bell. Imminent disaster. The cloister bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Cloister Bell podcast. I'm Liam. Hi, Liam. <laughs> Hi, Rob. And that's Rob. How are you doing, Hi, Rob? Rob? All good, thank you. All good. I don't have a drink yet, so a bit parched. Do you want to get a drink? Um. Yes, okay. If that's, if, have I got your permission to leave? Yeah? You have my permission. <laughs> wonder what alcoholic beverage you'll pick. I mean, I make a massive assumption. It could be a pint of milk. I don't know, but we'll soon find out, folks. It's gripping stuff. Hello. Hi there. So, what did you get? I've got a beer. Well, it's a it's an IPA, but it is lychee and mango. Sounds gross. Have you had it before? I have. I wasn't a fan. But you know what? I've, <laughs> so why are you drinking the it for? Well, it's beer in the fridge. I thought I'd get one that sounded interesting. Fair enough. Did you, oh, so was it a crate of them? It wasn't a crate. It was just a bunch. <laughs> right, okay. But um, yeah, lychee and mango. The the mango I don't mind, but hmm. lychee. Yeah, that's well, a. It, yeah. Also known as goat's eyeballs. Like I can see why. Ugh. Yeah. It's a peculiar fruit. Yeah. Mm. Oh well, enjoy your drink. I'll give it a go. Thanks. Bottoms up. Mmm. <laughs> so apart from picking questionable drinks, what you been up to? Not a great deal since we last spoke. Um, I did say I was starting the Aliens novels. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so frustrating because I've got like eight chapters left mm. and I just haven't had the time. Oh. I'm hoping tomorrow night I'm just going to finish it. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, in terms of books with me, um, I was rereading some of the, the James Bond books. I read, I've reread the, the first four, um, so enjoyed that. But uh, I thought uh, I needed a little bit of a break from from Bond. And a while back, I bought um, it's called Wired by Bob Woodward, uh, who's the Washington Post journalist, mostly known for uh, Watergate. But he did this book uh, in '85 on John Belushi. I thought, well, um, it would be a different tack of of reading something which is not political from Bob Woodward. Uh, so it'd be interesting from that point of view. And you know, it's John Belushi, interesting. Um, a sort of a, a blitz through that, and um, I mean, well written, um, as you would imagine, uh, given the author, but uh, exhausting with the amount of drug taking. It gets a bit much. Um, Is I, this you or the book? <laughs> this is this is John Belushi. All this reading and drugs. <laughs> All this reading and drugs taking its toll. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I knew that you know he had a uh, he had a massive coke addiction, mm. um, but that's really what the the book sort of focuses on. And yeah, he did t- take an awful lot of it, an awful lot of it. I can't emphasize how much coke he took. Um, but I, I wish the book... how, how much we're talking here? A lot, like just what's a lot? Like a carful. I mean, may as well. Yeah, he was just having ounces after ounces. And this, it, it, and then he he'd be taking it like pretty much like twenty four seven, um. But I, I wish it was some. I mean, what what he's talking about, it happened. But I mean, just constantly reading about it is it, it, it's exhausting. And it would have been quite nice had it been balanced out with a bit more of, um, you know, what made him popular to begin with, and why he was a successful comedian. But then, having said that, though, he was. It, it did affect an awful lot of the film projects he got involved with. So I don't know how he would balance it out. And at the end of the day, it just be, it's just a tragic story, really. Um, you know, someone that talented and beloved as a comedy actor 
um, just sadly dying very young. So that sort of like bummed me out, <laughs> bummed me oh. out really. It's just like, oh, okay. Um, so, um, so I thought, right, okay, well, let's go back into something a bit more lighthearted. So I've gone back into reading, uh, getting into my binge of Richard Nixon stuff. So um, <laughs> I'm reading a book on the relationship between him and Henry Kissinger. Um, That's good. Yes, I'm enjoying that. He I've, wasn't a big cokehead. Uh, no, 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 he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No. Um, no. So I can't see there being any problems of, you know, <laughs> just the amount of cocaine that Richard Nixon and Henry Kissinger took was insane. No, I can't see any of that. So <laughs> I did buy a book today, actually, which was um, Charlie Hickson, uh, who we would mostly know from from being in the fast show which was a comedy um sketch show in britain during the 90s um he's also an author and years ago he wrote the young bond novels but he's written his first um adult bond book which has just come out uh, on his majesty's secret service so that came out um well we're recording this on the 5th of may came out yesterday um and i'm really looking forward to it so it's it's just two days before the coronation of king Charles the third and bond must stop an attempt at disruption by the manacle athelstan of wessex the self-proclaimed rightful heir to the throne who is on deadly mission to teach the united kingdom a lesson it sounds wonderfully bonkers um and and, and of course timely i am looking forward to to reading that and of course tomorrow rob is the coronation yeah, I'll be at work. Ah. Gutted you're missing it? Not really. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll be watching it. I'm not sure if I'll, I'll be watching the, the whole coverage. I think that'd be a bit much. But, you know, big historical moment for the country. Sort of interesting. Well, yeah, it would have been nice. But yeah, I'm not really that fussed, to be honest. No, I know what you mean. I mean... Had that doesn't say anything about my opinions of the royal family. It's mm. just I, I just I'm not that first about watching the telly that day. No, no, I know I know exactly what you mean because I I feel sort of the same to be honest. And it's really funny actually, you know, given the I mean, regardless of whether you're a monarchist or not, obviously we're not getting into that conversation. But you know, it is a big moment for the country. It's yeah. You wouldn't think there was a coronation tomorrow, though, would you? It just seemed no. a bit. And I, I feel like perhaps I'm feeling fatigued at all these historical events. Like, ooh, this is only going to happen once until the next thing happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I suppose and it's it's quite nice that I suppose we're having a, a celebration of the British Constitution, I suppose, and a big mm-hmm. sort of like knees up. I dare say that if you were in London, um, you would probably be getting more of a feel. But being up in the northeast of England... 300 odd miles away from London maybe you don't quite feel it as much um I don't know but um yeah yeah well the day we had the Queen's funeral Mm. it was it was an annoying day because it was my wife's birthday (laughs) (laughs) and I I, had especially booked the day off in advance Mm. and we just sat at home watching the funeral yeah not really bit of a downer yeah and uh, like places were just closed you couldn't just go out yeah <laughs> worst birthday ever at least you remember it yeah <laughs> it was the day of the funeral so um where's this podcast going today then are we gonna talk about um any Doctor Who news, or is there? Well, there is a bit of casting news. Maybe if we remember, we could get to that at the end. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We could do that at the end. But um, I'm a bit apprehensive about this podcast, Rob, because I'm not entirely sure how long it's going to be. But we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So, so we so we've had four hours of stories to get through. Yeah. Whether yep. we have an awful lot to say about, about those four hours is another thing. But we'll we'll see. So, um, so again, uh, this is part of our um, season eighteen review, 
um, of stories. And what we've done, or <laughs> what I've suggested, <laughs> oh, regretting it, is not only reviewing the televised stories, but also reviewing the Big Finish audio stories which fit into that. Um, so today it's two Big Finish audio adventures, which would fit in between uh, what on television is the E-Space trilogy, but with these Big Finish stories, it's a trilogy in numerous parts. But um, this is the last of the um, the Big Finish with the E trilogy stuff. Yeah, so we're, we're nearly out of this trilogy. So yeah. the crew's just hanging out in E-Space. Mm. Trying to find a way out. Cool Ad- Adric. Yep. Got Mana and the Doc and the dog. Yeah. Yep. Just kind of looking around for um, a way out. Yeah, a way out. Get me out of here. (laughs) I'm a time lord. Get me out of here. So, two stories. uh, The first of which is The Planet of Witches. So, um, the plot synopsis, as Big Finish have described it, is... Whilst attempting a detailed scan of e-space, K-9 detects the trail of a large spacecraft. Seeking a lead for their escape, the Doctor sets out on its trail towards a misty yellow planet. Arriving just in time to witness a crash landing in the planet's swamps, the Doctor and his crew discover a number of escaping prisoners fleeing from someone claiming to be a witchfinder, whilst terrifying familiars float around them. For this is the planet of the witches, and the witches may just know the way home. So, the cast and crew, Tom Baker plays the Doctor, Lala Ward plays Romana, John Leeson plays K-9, Matthew Waterhouse plays Adric. Samuel Blenken plays Tanar, Samuel Clemens plays Yagra, Tiris and the Familiars, Lauren Cornelius plays Angelus, Abigail McKern plays the uh, Crone, also known as Maury, and Michael Simpkins plays Raxil. Uh, it was directed by Nicholas Briggs, written by Alan Barnes and produced by David Richardson. Um, so in terms... Just in terms of time, Rob, when um, when did you when did you listen to this story? Well, I started it at five o'clock this morning. <laughs> right, okay. And throughout the day, um, I finally finished this and the following story, the quest of the engineer. Um, some point late in the evening. Right, okay, so very recent. But forgive me if these stories merge. Yes. And if I forget very important plot details and characters. No, not at all, Rob. Uh, completely forgive you because I was going to say the same thing. Didn't listen to it as recently as that, but I have listened to it within the week. Um, in fact, I listened to the follow- uh, finished listening to the following story today as well. So, But anyway, I listened to The Planet of the Witches uh, earlier this week. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, even whilst I was listening to it and whilst listening to it, the performances are good. I like the sound design of it and so on. So it has a very pleasing, it is very pleasing to listen to. But whilst I was listening to it, I did start to go, oh no, these big Finnish audio adventures, they're starting to kind of bleed into each other, even whilst you're listening to them. Um, so... And that's a shame because some of these early big finish stories, mm. like talking about the monthly range, yeah, some of them are quite unique and quite remarkable, and you can you can look back and identify certain stories in your mind. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, with these, we've done so many of these fourth Doctor stories, mm-hmm. and they're all a similar format, yeah, and they're all very unremarkable. <laughs> Like, if they're trying to tell a certain story, um, it doesn't quite click with me. Yeah, and the, I think this is something that we both agree on. I mean, really, the only difference of opinion is it's slight margins of, you know, one of us might enjoy the story slightly more than the other. But by and large, I think we sort of agree with that. Some of the stories sort of st- stick in my head. But I mean, at this point on, um, the yeah. Silent Scream is probably the one that I remember the most funnily enough, simply because, mm-hmm. you know, it was set during um, the silent era of cinema and quite unusual. But with these type of stories and, you know, especially going off the most recent ones with this, it's the TARDIS crew arrive. Um, there's something to do with some sort of craft which is falling apart. There's one character who is just like completely off their rocker and 
yeah, they are very samey. It's got to be said. Mm. And so even though you've got, you know, you've got this title of the Planet of the Witches and there's a slight fantasy element to it and you've got these things like familiars and... Yeah, I, I kind of got the gist that they were going with the state of decay things and mm. implying that East Space was kind of stuck in the Dark Ages kind of... Mm-hmm time yeah and they, they they did um they did imply that as well didn't they that um the development has been stunted a bit mm-hmm. but on the same note um there's all these interstellar civilizations <laughs> there which are traveling around the stars they're all the yeah. yeah so it is a bit they know, co- they know about space travel and stuff yeah so mm. it is a bit sort of contradictory i mean i can see taking that theme of state of decay because uh, that was something that worked very well. But yeah, it's something that, you know, you, you pick up on this theme in Planet of Witches, which is fine, but it, it does sort of like, well, what was happening on a full circle sort of contradicts that. And it, it suddenly contradicted massively with the following story. So it doesn't, mm. you know, so it's an interesting idea of itself, but I think um, they don't really explore it and they're not very consistent with it. So I think that's a that's another problem but um yeah yeah it... one thing i do love about these stories oh. is having the characters back and having all the little one-liners and the the little jabs at each other or just little things that it's just nice having these characters back in moments yeah that's true and one thing that i do like is um one thing that they're doing with these big finishes is that uh, they're bringing K nine more into the series eighteen stories. Yeah, uh, to to the um, to the point where people are actually carrying them around. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which I suppose I don't know whether it's supposed to be a running joke or not. But yeah, that happens an awful lot. And funnily yeah. enough, the bits that um, that I remember most f- f- from these, and particularly with the Planet of Witches, is that when I mean we it's like what I said in our previous podcast when we're looking with the last two stories. Um, even though I know that, you know, because he leaves in the televised story Warriors Gate, um, I don't know. There's something about the supposed death of K9 in the stories, and then him coming back. I don't know what it is. It just sort of, it, uh, I do find it quite touching. So there's a bit in the story when you know he sinks into the swamp, but then later on he's fully brought back and functioning. When he was brought mm. back, it was a sort of like moment of triumph, and I did. It's like yes, K9's back. Yes. Um, so t- and didn't didn't he die in one of the last stories we listened to as well? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Down, yeah. And it, um, the same I think effect. it's in the second story, is it the the quest of the engineer? We had a moment where they were praising K nine, and we got a little bit of the K nine company theme. There was one scene where it was like do 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 do. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit. In fact, yeah, there, there were some nice touches with that. Um. And there was also a bit which seemed to musically um, suggest sort of like how they they ended full circle. Um, you know that moment of triumph when uh, the the star line is lifted up, uh, lifted off, and they're they're in the TARDIS and they're talking about you know we just have to find another CVE and there's a sort of like moment of triumph of maybe they will, and there was that sort of sense of the way that I mean I'm jumping ahead we'll we'll get to talk to that story in a minute but um but going back to planet of witches so yeah the, there was that moment of canine coming back and sort of like that moment of triumph which was nice i liked samuel clemens is <laughs> don't mind me <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, this is awful what you're on about rob it's fantastic yeah, it's 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 weird, and that. Uh, What's he doing on that wall? No one knows. It's a mystery. <laughs> and Ke- Sarah James, you just sat at a table in a train station drinking wine. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, isn't she sort of like just? She's got a typewriter in front of her as well, and she reads the Guardian. Um. It's a, it's a weird title sequence. I kind of like it just for how tacky it is. 
Because I think that we're, we're clearly trying to emulate a lot of uh, 80s American TV series with the title sequence, weren't they? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't quite work. But yeah, it doesn't. It, no, no. What, what bugs me, it's a lot of the same kind of sequence just repeated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a montage of loads of cheesy scenes. <laughs> it's just the same one. Yeah. And, you know, nothing beats sort of like 80s of slowly jogging in a leotard with a with a jumper loosely wrapped around your neck. Yeah, there's a lot to talk yeah. about with that title sequence. Mm. But you're distracting us. <laughs> so as much as I would much prefer to watch K9 and Company. Um, yeah, so I was saying, so I like Samuel Clemens, uh, Clemens' performance, particularly the familiars. And as I said, there's a nice um, sound design to the story um it didn't really leap out and and whilst i was listening to it i was just going oh it's it it's pretty much the same as the other stuff we've recently been listening to there's nothing really to um kind of lift it up and i think another thing as well is there's not it's not the some of our favorite big finishers they're really good on atmosphere. There hasn't been an awful lot of that, has there? Really? No. You know what? You'll you'll get ones where the supporting cast are like phenomenal mm. and believable, and a lot of these, it's very much just a performance of like I'm not really I'm not really believing what I'm meant to be feeling here. I know what you mean. And I think, and it's not as if the performances are awful or, or bad. I think really, I mean, if you were an actor, I think you would, you obviously excel at, you know, stories and scripts, which you can really sink your teeth into. But these are just sort of stories which are just sort of there. There's no, there's no theme to them. There's no real sort of like meat to them. There's nothing... Mm. I don't think there's like really much to sort of, and I I feel like there was an opportunity to kind of flesh out Adric's arc mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah, and to do some things with his character mm-hmm. in all these stories, um, his perhaps reluctance to stay with them, or or there's the times when they're being distant with distant with them, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, um, it's it's a little bit there. Um, you can kind of it's as if the as if they're trying to like breach the gap of him being this sort of like mischie- uh, mischievous character who might side with the villains, but mm. not really, and they're trying to bridge the gap a bit. But um, I didn't. Re- to be perfectly honest, I didn't think I didn't really think that was m- really much to sort of bridge, really. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. Um I did like having him back and I think mm. um I really relished in his scenes more this time round. Mm-hmm. Um than than the other week. Yes, I agree with that. I think it's one of the things that uh I think we both agreed with with uh, I've forgotten the name of the title now, but it was about the one on the rusty planet mm-hmm. prison thing. Um it it felt a little bit heavy handed with what they did with the character in that story. Whereas with yeah, this is where he um he was uh, he was left behind and they pretend to, pretended to leave. Yeah, yeah, because it it just felt everyone was like it felt even like the doctor was behaving out of character in order for that to happen. It didn't really quite work for me. Is that what you? I think actually, you know, it's yeah. something that you've said before uh, earlier on, Rob. It's like so there are aspects of these stories which don't quite click. Um, and that and that was one of them. Whereas, yeah, definitely, but you know, with Planet of Witches, it's it's yeah, the, the, his character is handled much much better. Mm, yeah. Um. So, what was the whole plot of Planet of Witches by the end? Um. Right. See if I can. <laughs> <laughs> you and your not trick. to be confused with the other story. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, we had. Right, see if I can remember this. Right, uh, it is actually a bit... I mean, it's it's staggering because I only listened to this... Uh, uh, I've only listened to it today. Only, and you only listened to it today. Right, so you had um, this sort of 
artificial intelligence which had been uh, which had been designed to go out and find out about as much information from the universe as possible and my understanding of it was that it pretty much achieved that um, um yes and it also came from the main universe or end space yes um and it, we also learned well we also kind of knew this from um past televised stories that perhaps all the humans in East Space did come from the main universe originally. Yes. Um, so that's in there. And then um, there seems to be some sort of... It's like what you were saying before, Robert, with the theme of the story. It, I don't know whether the theme's too grand a thing, but this idea that it has, which it explores, which is um, this sort of this set of primitive... Primitive... Um, primitive societies uh and so this whole thing of like any because people are um uh extremely primitive anyone who is deemed intelligent uh, it's very superstitious and witches and they're not to be trusted yeah um so you have these group of people who it's a bit confusing actually isn't it because they recognize what technology is and they know that witches don't exist but that they sort of keep on babbling on about witches and this artificial intelligence because it's sort of intelligent they need to destroy it um and then with it go into end space through the portal which they think leads to hell uh and the reason why they want to go there is because they want to defeat everything that's in hell so there's sort of this army thing that's going on yeah like this crusade yeah um but the 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 doctor Romana canine and Adric uh defeat defeat that plan and everything's fine <laughs> and there's two kids who they rescue and then they go off on their merry way to try and and the Todd go on their merry way to try and yeah. leave end space canine went a bit bad <clears throat> in this one yes he did um so canine uh, is th- is destroyed and thrown into the swamp, but this artificial intelligence thing is is everything is connected on this planet is able to sort of draw draw the remains of K nine to itself and fully repair it, but at the same time plug itself in, plug K nine into its own network, and con- and then basically control it. Um, so yeah, K nine goes bad and tries to. Um, get the doctor essentially killed but of course mm. that plan's finally defeated um through partially through romana getting canine to go into a sort of like a logical fallacy and it sort of like has a sort of breakdown as a result of that but yeah um <laughs> don't think we're selling it to the audience but uh yeah um do you remember anything else about the story rob hmm so, did K9 know of the location of the the CVE? Yes. And then it, then it was wiped. But then that information's wiped, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rating? Rating. You know, um, it wasn't it wasn't terrible mm. by some standards. So yeah, it was a good it was a good average story. Yeah, I would say, but, but yeah. unremarkable. But it was all right. Yeah, I'd say it was average. I don't know if it's it's my fault for not investing myself more in it. But as a casual listen, um, yeah, it was just average. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like what I've said before about these sorts. Of, they're sort of like diver- diverting, yeah, sort of like diver- diverting entertainment for a short while. But it, you know, give it a couple of months, I probably won't remember even. <laughs> Even the little that we've remembered yeah. so far. Give it a week. Give it a week. We'll be like, just like, what complete. was that story? Yeah, and keep it in mind. And so, you know, we, so going into the next story, the the quest of the engineer. This is some. This is a story that we both remember. Uh, sorry, uh, that we both listened to today. So, let's yeah. see how this goes. Um, what I we... had a bit a bit of trouble because I'd been up so so early at work, and I'd been listening to it at work. Mm. Um, and this evening, I went to play episode four, and I was just sat on the chair listening mm-hmm. and then i woke up <laughs> <laughs> and i had five minutes left 
Right, okay. So I had, I had to listen again. Oh, God, right, okay. So either it's... So I don't know how you take that as a review. Uh, I fell asleep while listening to it, so it's boring. Or I, I was just found so it really tired. relaxing. Oh, I was yeah. just tired, yeah, yeah. Yeah, relaxing. Yeah, relaxing, yeah, we'll go with that one. So, it's The Quest of the Engineer. Um, so, plot synopsis again from Big Finish. The TARDIS crew's attempts to escape e-space leads them to a strange planet with a surface that shifts and changes constantly. Losing their ship... I mean, again, trapped in another ship, for God's sake. Anyway, losing their ship down a fissure, they venture into the depths of this world and encounter the man who rules this place, a man known only as The Engineer. He tells them that he's on a quest for illumination and to find a rumoured portal in space that may lead to another reality, with knowledge unknown in this universe. It seems he may be on the same quest as the Doctor and his friends, but can he be trusted, and who is he really? So the cast and crew, um, we have the regulars, as I've said before, but then we have Timothy Blaw, who plays Jonas, Richard Hansel plays the Enforcers and Captain of the Guard, George Layton plays Regis Tell, Nicholas Woodison plays the engineer, and Sarah Woodward plays Anne Lajesic. Story was directed by Nicholas Briggs, written by Andrew Smith. Uh, he's written for Big Finish before, and he wrote Full Ooh, Circle. I don't, I don't recall the name. What's that? Uh, the writer, has he done many other things? Yes, uh, and he wrote Full Circle. Oh, right, okay. It's that chap. And it was produced oh, by dude. David Richardson. Um, right. Okay. So, in, so in, like comparing it, uh, I actually think Quest of the Engineer was a much better story than Planet of Witches. Yeah, similar formula. You know, lost in e space. Uh, there's a villain, and I don't know that old chestnut. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But you think it was a better story? Uh, I think so. Well. I think it. Ha- I think actually, I think it's probably best to say that it had better characters because I think, as I said, it's it it's really a similar story to an awful lot of what we've been listening to a lot recently. Mm. Um, I just think it has better characters, and I think really yeah. that's what makes it memorable. I think it's really the characters. Yeah, the story opens, um, with the story already going. So yeah, that was a change of pace, which I liked. Yeah, I had to double check. Oh, is this episode two? But uh, no. (laughs) So they are on this planet where they don't use technology and is it Adric's been locked up? Yeah, because he's been caught with K-9, yep. Caught with K-9, yeah. Um, But Adric's also been locked up near some guy that they're looking for, this, this Regis guy? Yes. And... Supposedly, he knows the location of the CVE. Mm-hmm. But it turns out um, people think he's a bit of an eccentric and he's got this telescope so he can see the other neighboring planets in his in his star system. Mm-hmm. Um, but he noticed two things. One, he was observing a comet which disappeared in front of his eyes. Mm-hmm. And then he noticed some of the neighboring planets were out of place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, so that then gets the, the TARDIS crew involved because they befriend this man. Uh, they then travel in the TARDIS to find out what's been causing these anomalies. And it turns out that what it is, is it's a huge planet. Well, it looks like a planet, but it's actually a massive spaceship, um, yeah. which is run by this chap called the Engineer. And the engineer is a bit of a dick. <laughs> um, so he's been basically g- controlling this massive spaceship and ransacking and destroying planets um, to want to power the spaceship and to create a sort of slave labor force in order to keep the, the planet running. And he's effectively created androids as a means of, of keeping this thing going. Um, yeah. I've got a question. Go on. So why why did this planet spaceship keep changing? Was that to kind of cycle through all this biological matter that that it needed to power it? Uh, and also to show off his engineering skills, I think. All right. Okay. But also, I think his camouflage, because one of the things he says is because he he can he can everything can shift, 
and so it yeah. can it can look like a spaceship it can look like an asteroid it can look like a planet so it's also camouflage as well right okay so it's this amazing feat mm-hmm. of engineering um yeah. and it allows and again that, that funny enough that's a that's another thing that's been running through some of these stories of um the landscape that the, the characters are in changing so you know you had that uh i've forgotten the name of the story now it was that two-parter with the two title different titles um but you know when they were on that spongy planet spongy spongy yeah is that where the skin was of the sleek that was it and the thief yeah. of time um that you know that was a planet that seemed to because of it you know it was, was shifting with time and the, the geography of it so there was a little bit of that um there is a bit of thing of the landscape sort of changing it was in the previous story planet of witches um where the the walking through is like sort of like a maze and it keeps on shifting around in fact there was quite a nice reference to the horns of nyman as a result of that but um so yeah that's this is something else that happens in the quest of the engineer that uh there's constantly shifting landscape um and obviously that is a way of getting the characters separated and so going on these sort of like different adventures type thing and then merging at the end. So it's structured in a very typical way, but um, I think handled relatively effectively. But what I thought was quite funny, Rob, was um, there's this big mystery of like, why is the engineer engineer doing this? And obviously we find out in the final episode and there's been this big thing of, he seems very, there's this electronic container Um. And he's wanting people to keep away from it, and we find out what that is. And I just, I was just thinking, isn't this the plot of Batman and Robin? Yeah. <laughs> did you did you guess early on that it was going to be a woman in the in the in that? No, I didn't actually. Did you? I did. Oh, okay. What, what gave the game away? I thought. Or did you think it was just glaringly well, obvious? Uh, well, uh, well, I did. I only guessed when he asked Romana if she knew um, how to capture the soul, and I knew he was he, with that um, with that kid that he'd uh, that he'd engineered mm. of, of the dead body. I knew he'd um, kind of found a way to bring the body back to life, and the fact that he wanted to to. Um, capture the soul, as he put it. Mm. That that's when I put two and two together and thought he's trying to um, save someone or bring someone back to life. Ah, right, okay. Well, you were a lot more engaged than I was, Rob. I was just listening and not really properly just engaging with it. Okay, so I was I was falling asleep. But <laughs> a lot more on the ball than I was, and I wasn't even falling asleep. So okay. <laughs> uh, right, okay. No, that. Uh, that passed me we by. had an interesting little subplot with that that guy who'd been brought back to life and his mother. Mm. Um, so the kid, um, I forget what his name was, something with a J. Uh, Jonas. <laughs> Jonas, yes. So the mother was sad because at some point her son was killed, but um, the engineer had brought him back to life um but um i don't know put mechanical stuff in his body just to keep his body going but the brain um wasn't functioning it was just some kind of ai wasn't it yes yeah yeah um but in self defense doesn't the mother end up shooting him mm-hmm. yeah which was which was interesting but um yeah, that's how I put two and two together. Yeah. Well, a lot smarter mm. than me, Rob. <laughs> Just about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We've kind of gave away the big plot at the end of the... The big twist at the end of the story now. Ah, oh, no one's going to be listening to it. It's fine. No. Um, but yeah, that's that's the big twist, folks. It was all to do with his wife. There we go. Yeah. So he wasn't a total dick. Because it was he was doing it for the woman he loved. Ah, uh, and it, yeah, it just made me that it just made me think of the whole. Isn't that the whole plot of uh, Mister Freeze and Batman and Robin? 
Yeah, didn't yeah. think of that. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Oh, I need to watch that. Yeah. Chill. <laughs> just freezing people. Eyes to see you. <laughs> great, great witty puns. It's fantastic stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anything else to say about it, Rob? Hmm. Well, we know from that that bit where the the comet disappeared that there's potentially a, a CVE back to end space mm-hmm. somewhere here in this star system. Yeah. Um. So the engineer destroys the moon of the the nearby planet. Yeah. And um, which no doubt causes hell with the oceans. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wants to use the fragments of the moon to um, observe to see if any of them goes through into end space so he can find the, the way through. Yeah. Um, but we don't ever see any signs of that, do we? Uh, no. E- even even though he blows up the moon. Yeah. It's, uh, it seems to be that that seems to be entirely forgotten by the end of the story. It's just like um, all the slaves are free. They all live on this planet. Everything's fine. Yeah, although the Doctor and Ramana do say that, oh, maybe that 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 doorway's closed. Mm. So maybe they did look. Yeah, maybe. But the next story is Warriors... Well, in terms of the series 18. The next story, which is the last one of the E-Space trilogy, is Warriors Gate. Okay. So it could be, you know, you you could, yeah, you you are right, Rob. They do say it's closed, but you could go. Well, maybe they're still flying in the roughly the same area, and that's when the Tharals come along and take charge. And da 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 da. But mm-hmm. that's another story. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so I think we've done quite well, actually. We've uh, I th- honestly thought that we would have spoken ten minutes and go, that's it, folks. So thankfully, this has lasted a little bit longer than that. But yeah, it's it's been a bit of a funny one. These big Finnish audio Avengers, they're, they're very they're very similar. Uh, not you know, some of them do stand up, you know, on their own, are memorable. But a lot of them, yeah, I mean, certainly by the time I got to the que- we got to the quest of uh, sorry, the planet of witches. Uh, even while listening to it, I just thought, oh, this is its going to bleed into every other one that we've recently listened to. That It does get, they do become very similar. Yeah, maybe we need to do a, a quiz. I could quiz you on all of these <laughs> at some point. <laughs> if you want. Probably be funny more than anything. See how little I remember, if anything yeah. at all. But um... Who's going to make this quiz, though? Because I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be asked. So, um, yeah. I'll just say you won. Great. Um, I remembered who played the Doctor. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, uh, of these two stories, I much preferred Quest of the Engineer. I thought it had... I just preferred the characters and thought the performances were better. Um, and I liked the pacing of the story. Um... So in comparison to the planet of witches, I would say it's a good story. But then even but then taking on somewhere, I'd probably still say it was average. I don't know. What do you think? Um yeah, average again. Mm. But um the better side of average, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um Hey. So uh we do have one more big finish to do in this series eighteen batch, but I think it's gonna be a little bit more different. Uh I've not listened to it yet, but it's written by Matthew Waterhouse. And I think it'll be him narrating the story. Um, right. how, how was this released? Was this released in the ongoing Fourth Doctor Adventures? Uh, no, I think it was, uh, I think, a separate release. I think it was a special one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, so that probably be a little bit more special, so I'm looking forward to that. But the way it goes is we've got Warrior's Gate and the Keeper of Trakan, so those televised stories. Then we have the Matthew Waterhouse, I think it's called The Watcher. Yeah, Watchers. Uh, that's it, yes, Watchers. And then Logopolis. So we're nearly at the end of season 18. Nearly there. Nearly there, thank God. But um, but yeah, 
Um, so, um, yeah, because we were going to have a, a, a short break from the podcast by the time we finish these. But I bet by the time we finish these, it's going to be all hands on deck because <laughs> Doctor Who will be back. No, no, no. Hang on, Rob. I don't care if Doctor Who's back. I'm still taking that break. <laughs> okay. Just to let you know. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're nearly there. So, uh, so anyway, so, yeah, that's Planet of Witches and the Quest of the Engineers done and dusted for the little that we remembered they were doing quite well what's next on the cards rob what the hell yeah let's just do dalek's master plan (laughs) (laughs) right okay i don't know do you think yep yes Uh, it's happening yeah it's it's happening uh it's been a long time coming it was suggested uh to us by one of our patrons uh who's also another podcaster uh mark mark yes uh he doesn't uh he's one half of a present uh presenting team of a really good podcast actually rob we have a trailer for that podcast don't we oh we do don't we okay let's let's bring that up um because i was thinking do you think we should do an ad break on our podcast depends what we're advertising well let's let's cut the adverts okay Join Ian, Mark, and some wonderful guests as we take a journey through all of time and space, when we embark on an epic rewatch of all of Doctor Who. This is, for me, very much the story where the money ran out. You can't rewrite history! Not one line! And it's like your TV has suddenly kind of gone on blink, but in a really artistic way. Oh my giddy aunt. And we haven't even got to Susan yet, who I just don't understand. Oh, well, having reached that brilliant conclusion, how about getting on with it? It's an era that I've come to appreciate more and more as I've grown up. I I kind of think it was a bit like the Beatles, you know, when you're a teenager, you love John Lennon, and then you get into your 20s and you think Paul McCartney's stuff's awesome, and then suddenly you mature and you realise how awesome George Harrison is. Ah, you have such a way with words. Uh, Which has been a complete mystery up to that point, even though the story's title is something of the Daleks. (laughs) (laughs) Next can find all of time and space on apple podcasts spotify and all good podcatchers what a great trailer yeah, that was a really good trailer and uh, liam why don't why don't we have a trailer because <laughs> we're not skilled and talented enough but maybe we should do one we should do um but uh, if you haven't listened to uh their podcast very strongly recommended it's really really good very entertaining love it it's one of my favorites um and yet, uh, Mark very kindly supports uh, our podcast and uh, has been incredibly patient because um, he requested that we review the Daleks Master Plan an embarrassingly long time ago. Uh, he hasn't made any complaints or fuss about it, so th- <laughs> thank you very, very much, Mark. I hope the wait was worth it. But yeah, Rob, I think uh, we've probably tested the poor man's patience long enough yeah. yeah, I think we we shall review the Daleks Master Plan uh, next week. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, um, so that was it, folks, for today. Our, uh, our our ringing endorsement of two big Finnish audio adventures. Um, uh, and yes, next week uh, I think it I think it'll be a lot better. We will actually have a, a story with an awful lot to talk about and is very memorable. So the Daleks Master Plan. Yeah, more so. Uh, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so thanks very much, folks. Yeah, um, we might have a brief chat after the credits. Yes, I was just about to say that. Okay, yep, we do that. So uh, if you're not interested in anything 60th anniversary related or don't want to don't want to hear spoilers, is probably more apt. Um, then stop listening now. But if you're interested, then hang around and uh, we'll see what we'll discuss. But uh, yeah. Thanks, everyone. And, um, don't forget to visit cloisterbellpodcast.com mm-hmm. for more. Um, see you around, everyone. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. The TARDIS cloister bell. Imminent disaster. The cloister bell? Yes. What's that?
Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no. And we're back. So, um, thanks for sticking around. So, Rob, uh, apparently, from what you tell me, there's 60th anniversary Doctor Who news. Yes, well, today, the day we record, um, there's been a bit of caster news. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Groff joins the show. Who is he? Let's have a look. Jonathan shot to fame when he landed the role of Jess in musical comedy drama Glee. He's since been internationally celebrated for his work on screen, from starring as Eric in the box office hit Knock, on the, Knock at the Cabin, to playing Holden Ford in the critically acclaimed series Mindhunter, as well as having the leading role in the, as the new Agent Smith in The Matrix Resurrections. Jonathan is also renowned for his major voice acting in, uh, roles in the Frozen films, Jonathan has also made his mark on Broadway dazzling audiences with his famous performance as King George III in Hamilton, where he was nominated for not only a Tony Award, but also a Primetime Emmy Award for the live stage recording. And now he's on his way to jump aboard the TARDIS in a mysterious and exciting guest role. Oh, okay. Right, okay. I can see why his cast... Because I did come across that announcement and I saw that that was getting a lot of attention. A lot of people going, this is really, really good news. And I was just going, great. No idea who he is. Um, Obviously, from reading that, Rob, being involved in a lot of, you know, very popular um, things. Actually, as it turns out, I have seen it... it, I hadn't realised until you actually said it, but uh, I have... From from clips and stuff, I have actually seen him play George the Third in the musical Hamilton. It's a good performance and quite funny. Um, so yeah, okay. Did, uh, had you seen any of those things? None. <laughs> right, <okay. laughs> I've seen Frozen. Right. Okay. And the Matrix Resurrections. What did you think of the Matrix, the new one? You seen it? No, I haven't. But I have heard uh, I have heard good things about it, and in fact, um, one of my work colleagues uh, she was watching she was going through the Matrix movies. She'd never seen them before. She's a lot younger than us, Rob. Wow. Uh, okay, all right, okay. Like she's in her twenties. So yeah, when I, when I, I, I guess technically these are really old films to people, aren't they? Yeah. Well, we're having a sort of like a laugh at our like our age gap because I was saying, you know, when I went to the cinema to see the second one, it's just like. I don't think she was even born. I'm not sure. But anyway, she's in her 20s now. But So she was watching the Matrix films for the first time. And um, yeah, she really liked the first one, enjoyed the second one, hated the third one. Like, I mean, we joked about it, but she's like, I don't want to talk about it. It's really bad. So There's a lot of strong hate out there. I don't think it's all... It's crap, Rob. Warranted. It's crap. Anyway, it- uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. I do want to watch it again. Um... Uh, but yeah, she didn't. She really didn't like it, and but she she really liked. Uh, she did enjoy the fourth one. All right. Yeah. Well, well, I went. I watched it at home. I didn't go to the cinema. Okay. But um, me and Delona, we watched them all. I went into the loft. I got the Animatrix DVD out. I thought, when chronologic, when when view and order, shall we watch the Animatrix nine Animatrix films as well? Hmm. She just wasn't interested, so I went, okay, never mind, scrap that idea. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But um, I was was a bit sad because I didn't enjoy Matrix Reloaded, the second one, as much as I used to. Right. I guess I've grown as a a person who understands stories. (laughs) It wasn't, wasn't as good. Yeah, I think with that one, I mean, again, it's been many, many years since I've watched it. But I, at the time, I remember thinking, yeah, it was, it was sort of like lacking in plot, but it had really good... That, that's it, yeah. I remember at the time thinking, well, this is really good storytelling. This is like, I don't know, 14-year-old me or 12-year-old me. I don't know. Yeah, it's just that um, lacking in plot. But I thought that the uh, the action sequences were really good, especially the one yes. on the, uh, the motorway with the, the trucks and everything like that. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I suppose that probably still holds up, but yeah. But we get a lot of action movies now, which actually have plot. <laughs> yeah, I would say even Fast and Furious has a bit more plot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. we're actually really excited to go and see Fast Ten. We might go in a couple of weeks. Oh, funny enough, uh, mate at work, uh, we were talking about the Fast and Furious movies. I think he's seen them all of them. I've only seen a handful. Oh. No, no, he hasn't seen all of them. That was it. He, yeah, he's he's seen some of them as well, uh, but a bit more than I have, but not all of them. And uh, I mentioned, I said that there's a one apparently where they go into space. Yes. Uh, and I said, just for that That's alone. the latest one. Oh, is, it, so is, that, is that nine? Yes, it is. Um, so I said, for that reason alone, I want to watch that. And he went, he thought I was taking, he thought I was taking the mic. I went, no, 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 honestly, it's, it's apparently it's a re- they go into space. So, um, went on YouTube, found a clip of it and it just went, this looks insanely entertaining. So we, we both mm-hmm. want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what, coming from you, I kind of knew that reaction was coming. Anyone else? They'd say, oh, I hear they're going into space. I'm just going to boycott that film. <laughs> no, I mean, it's sort of like, for me, story is very important. But at the same yeah. time, I you know, I like being entertained. Yeah, that's no, that's a yeah. crazy bonkers entertaining uh, idea. I, yeah. I want to see how they do it. Well, well, my wife's like, well, this is just ridiculous. And I'm like, no, it's not. And you know what? In the next one, I'll be disappointed if they're not doing more space races. <laughs> Maybe it's a bit, maybe this is a thing about being blokes as well. Yeah, <laughs> just women just going. This is clearly stupid. Yeah. But you know, you know, we've got our stupid uh, things going into space. You know, Bond and yeah. Moonraker. This with Fast and Furious Nine, <laughs> and they've got their. I don't know. I mean, it's not like Essex I mean, girls or whatever. You know. Yeah, these. I mean, they. It's not like it's futuristic or anything. They're just using real world technology, like. A car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Science fact. Clearly plausible. Yeah, I, wanna, I, wanna, I really want to watch that. But yeah, yeah uh, but uh, yeah, I, I do like Fast and Furious. Um, I'm just going to try and name them all in chronological order. Okay, so uh, it will go the Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. Um. Then I'm going to go with Better Luck Tomorrow, which is narratively canon, but it's by a different studio. Then I'm going to go with, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Turbocharged, the prequel to Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, then Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, then we skip three. Then we go to Fast and Furious. Then Fast Five, Furious Six, Furious Seven. Then we jump back to. Oh no! But okay, in, after Too Fast, Too Furious, you watch the short film Los Bandoleros. Okay, now jumping back to Furious Seven, then you go to the third film, which is The Fast and the Furious Took Took Your Drift. Then you go to number eight and nine and ten. Easy as that. Ooh, sorry, boy. I got really bored. Because um, <laughs> I haven't watched them. It means nothing to me, but hopefully it does to the listeners. Um, right, okay. There was even there was some in that list I, I hadn't even heard. I didn't even know there was a prequel. Oh, the the prequel is like a straight-to-DVD little scene thing. Which is <laughs> All right, the okay. um, Los Bandoleros is a, a short 20-minute film directed by Vin Diesel. It's only been shown at film festivals and it's on the American home release. And I, but I think you can watch it online some places or maybe buy it off like a streaming service. Um but it has a different tone and it's it's a, it's more about Vin Diesel character Dom hmm. and his girlfriend Letty getting married in Mexico. Um so it's 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 with subtitles as well. Hmm. Okay. Um so it fills a gap, but it's got a different tone. It's a, it's a it's a nice little independent thing, and it in the film that followed scenes from that were showed in 
in like the previously recap as well, which was nice. Oh, okay. You just don't care. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. <laughs> trying to feign interest, but I was like, right, okay. Um, it just, it's just, I want to watch the one in space, and that's pretty much where my interest lies. Um, right, okay, but so apart from that bloke who we were talking about, <laughs> who's been casting Doctor, uh, Doctor Who. Oh, wait, I forgot to mention Hobbs and Shaw. Anyway, sorry. What's that? Who's cast? Uh, it's spin-off with Jason Statham and The Rock. Oh, that rings a bell. Did that come out last year or something? Um, Yeah, the year before. All oh, right, okay. I think I saw the trailer for yeah. that. Right, okay. Um, Yeah, you know you know how we were talking about um some, some dude who's supposed to be a good actor has been cast as a guest star in Doctor Who? Oh, yes. Um, any other news? Who... No. <laughs> Great. A bit quiet on the news front. It is actually even to the even we, we don't know what the next Blu-ray collector's box set's going to be. Right. Okay. Lee Binding, who does the covers, did do a bit of a tease earlier this week, and the, the, sort of like the key colours on the cover are supposed to be pink and blue. Okay. Uh, and that's like started a whole thing of going. Ooh, I wonder what season that's going to be. I'm. My initial instinct at season sixteen. Um, going off the colours. Yeah. Okay. There's no nothing scientific. For some reason, I've always associated pink with uh, the key to time season. So. No. Okay. Maybe. There you go. So we'll see. Uh, I know that season twenty has been rumoured for a long time, and I know that some of the special features for that are supposed to be done and dusted. So we'll see, but um, yeah. So it's even quiet. Yeah, it's it's even it's even quiet on that front. So, it's oh. good. Um, so just to summarize, what's coming up on Doctor Who? Are we getting three specials for the anniversary? Uh, yes, I think we are. Okay. Is David Tennant in all of them, or just the first one? Uh, now I don't know. Um, I think we're just assuming he's in all of them. Right. He's. I think he's definitely in episode two, from what I can gather. Oh, right, okay. Um, maybe we'll be surprised and there'll be more Doctors or who knows. Because who, who's the actor who's been cast as the sort of like the, the new new Doctor? Natty Gatwa. No, that's not right. What's his first sh- name? Shooty sh- 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 Gatwa. Sh- yeah, where the hell have I got Natty from? Where the hell is that? Gatwa. Where the hell's that? I'm sorry. Uh, yes, um, I still think of that when the subtitles got it wrong and it was shitty Gatwa. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, um, right, yeah. Uh, well, at least it didn't make that mistake. That would have been awful. Yeah. Uh, so and 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 shooty is also playing one of the Kens in the new Barbie film. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, I know that. But um, I'm I, I've got to say, I'm really look. I'm I'm really looking forward to um, to seeing him as the Doctor. Yeah, and we've seen an, enough um, photos. Actually, we've had the um, photos officially released of that outfit, haven't we? Uh, for the the sixties, the the blue suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm liking that. And there's been some because there's there's been because the the filming the new series. And uh, out and about, and there's been some footage of of him like stepping out the TARDIS and running around and stuff. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, just his performance and, and what he brings. Um, and you know, there's never pleasing Doctor Who fans. Uh, you know, I am really looking forward to the 60th anniversary, but I'm bored of David Tennant. I want it, so I'm really looking forward to the like. I just want to see the new new Doctor. But. Yeah. So um, you'll not be happy when we do loads of David Tennant reviews in the build-up. <laughs> Hate it. Uh, no, no, I can see the logic of that. Um, yeah, I don't mind that. But yeah. Oh, there is... I, I don't know whether we... Oh, no, no, we did. Uh, um, What's that? Uh, Murray Gold coming back, but we, we spoke about that in the oh, last podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we've mentioned everything. Yeah. It's like that when the BBC did that TV show about the Millennium Bug. 
and they kept it going after the after the new year. And they were like, we've got nothing to talk about. <laughs> and then on the final episode, they were like, well, this one manufacturer of VCRs has a bit of a glitch on the millennium, but that's about it. But even at the time, I never understood how that caught on as a thing. What, what was it? Was it was it people were worried that nobody thought to make sure clocks worked after the millennium or something? It it was the it was going to go back to zero and yeah, then everything it was, was going to burn. Yeah, like computers apparently wouldn't. So there was this massive concern that the millennium bug um, was that when it hit the year two thousand, computers weren't ready with the year two thousand, so it would everything would reset to the year zero, and that would freak everything out, and nothing would work. Airplanes would come down, <laughs> buildings would blow up, buses, buses would crash. Yeah, even as a kid, I was like listening to this and going, "This is clearly crap." End of the world stuff. Yeah, just yeah. just. Utter, utter nonsense. Hmm. But, yeah. Aye. Oh, well, I guess that wraps it up for today. Yep. Well, uh, yeah. thanks for listening, folks, and sticking around for um, our Doctor Who news section, which was talking about Fast and Furious more than anything else. Um, <laughs> hopefully it was entertaining. Um, so, yes, uh, next podcast, uh, we'll be reviewing the Daleks Master Plan. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Okay, bye-bye.